Hello, everybody, and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble with me, your host, Josh Ascroft. The date today is August 11th, and what a great day for basketball it is. We've got some exciting games coming up later. I'm going to start the show by giving you your daily injury report, as always, breaking down uh, the games that happened yesterday, as well as just giving you my my thoughts today on, on what what's happening in the NBA. That's kind of what, what I want today's show to be about. I didn't get to watch all of the games from yesterday. A lot of them were on local networks. And a lot of them weren't uh, that engaging with the majority of stars sitting out in yesterday's games. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about where I think the NBA is, who I think is a real contender, who I think is kind of pretending to be there but isn't really, and all of that sort of thing. So without further ado, let's jump into things. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. Okay, so let's kick things off today as we always do with our daily injury report submitted at 11 o'clock Eastern Time on today's date, August 11th. Let's talk about these teams. So for the first game of the day, uh, we've got Brooklyn Nets at Orlando Magic, and I don't who's playing in this game. Let me read you the list: Jarrett Allen out, Jamal Crawford out, Joe Harris out, Karis Lever out, Garrett Temple out. That's on the Nets. For the Magic, Mo Bamba out, Michael Carter Williams out, Evan Fournier out, Aaron Gordon out, Jonathan Isaac out, Terrence Ross out. If you can tell me a player on either of those teams who was not listed uh, 20 bucks for you or something, because that is pretty much both teams, their best or a a huge portion of their starting lineups. I guess Vucevic is still going to be playing for the Magic. On the net side of the ball, I genuinely have no clue. So yeah, a lot of injuries in that game. Uh, Glad that's not in a primetime slot. For Houston at San Antonio, Eric Gordon is still out with a left uh, left ankle sprain. James Harden is out resting. Uh, Daniel House Jr. is listed as questionable with a sprain in his, uh, one of the toes on his left foot. And Russell Westbrook also listed as questionable. He's been resting the last few games. Listed today as questionable with a contusion on his right quad. For the Spurs, Bryn Forbes out, Trey Lyles out, Derek White is questionable with a contusion on the left knee, and Tyler Zeller is out. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid suffered uh, an injury uh, in his left ankle. Doesn't look like it's going to be too serious, but he is sitting out for today's game. Tobias Harris is listed as questionable, with Al Horford also being uh, listed as uh, questionable. Both of those guys just with some soreness. Uh, Josh Richardson is out, and Ben Simmons, of course, following his surgery, is also out. The Phoenix Suns at this time have not submitted an injury report, but that is great news for them. That is an undermanned Philadelphia team that they will be playing against. And who knows, maybe they're going to be going 7-0 and in the bubble. The Suns, more on them later, absolutely. After that, at 5, we have Boston at Memphis. For Boston, the only thing to note is Daniel Tice is listed as probable with some soreness in his right foot. For the Grizzlies, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out, as is Tyus Jones and Justice Winslow with no change there. For Portland at Dallas, a very important game for the Blazers. Seth uh, Seth Curry listed as probable, as well as Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleber, with Courtney Lee 
uh, listed as out, as is Dwight Powell, of course. Uh, notably, though, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis not on the injury list today, which means you can expect them to be playing. Uh, for the Trailblazers, Hassan Whiteside is listed as probable. I know they're hoping to get him back into the game. That's going to be a really fun one. We'll be talking about that later. Bucks at Washington. Uh, so for the Bucks, they had not yet submitted an injury report. I imagine Giannis will be back from his oral surgery, though. I don't know. Maybe they'll just continue to rest him because they don't really care, especially about playing the Wizards, who they could probably beat without Giannis or Chris Middleton. Um, the Wizards, Garrison Matthews is out, and Shabazz Napier is questionable. And then for the final game of the night, Pelicans at Sacramento. Uh, both of these teams essentially are out of the running. Well, the Pelicans are 100% are. The Kings technically, I think, still have a chance, but they're not going to be getting it. Uh, so Drew Holiday is out, Brandon Ingram is out, and Zion Williamson is out. No risk, uh, no worth, no point risking anything with your stars there if you're the Pelicans. And then if you are the Kings, uh, Marvin Bagley is still out, De'Aaron Fox is out, and Rashawn Holmes is out with Kent Bazemore being listed as questionable. There is your daily injury report. Let's run through the games that happened yesterday. So, yesterday we had the Suns going 6-0, and beating the Thunder, who were undermanned and uh, unlikely, I think, to uh, put up much of a fight in that game. It didn't really look like it. Chris Paul only played 25 minutes. Um, other than that, Shea Gilgis-Alexander wasn't even being played in that game, and Dennis Schroeder is still away, so the Thunder are essentially nothing without those guys, and Steven Adams also didn't play, so essentially no one from the Thunder starting five other than Chris Paul. The Suns, what a fantastic performance once again by the Bright Now Suns. Devin Booker putting up 35 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists in 29 minutes. Uh, Mikhail Bridges with 18 points, Cam Johnson with 18 points, Campaign with 14 points. Love the Suns, so much fun to watch. Uh, looking forward to watching them play the Sixers later today. I think, you know, they, they might win. I, I think they've got a great chance of winning and moving to 7-0. and Currently in the standings, the Suns are right at the 10 spot, but they're just half a game back on the Trailblazers, who are currently set in 9th. The Trailblazers um, have the opportunity today to take the 8 spot, uh, with it being uh, unlikely um, that the Grizzlies will win their game against the Celtics today. Uh, if the Blazers um, can win their game today, then they will move into their 8 spot. And if the Suns win today, then actually we'll see that the Suns will move to 33-39, and 39, which will be exact same, the exact same record as the Grizzlies at that point. So they will then be tied for that nine spot. So a lot of things could change in the Western Conference today. So be watching out for that, absolutely. Yesterday, somehow, the Mavericks managed to beat the Jazz, despite the fact that Luka, Porzingis, and Dorian Finney-Smith were all not playing. On the Jazz side of the ball, however, the starters were only played for about 15 minutes each, with Donovan Mitchell not even checking into the game. So, you know, they didn't have the Jazz's best opponents, but good for the Mavs to come out of the bag. It really happened right at the end. Here's the fourth quarter stats. You probably won't even believe this one. The Mavs scored 34 points in the fourth quarter, you know, fairly regular, fairly high-scoring fourth quarter, um, given that the Mavs often fall off in the fourth. The Jazz, just 14 points in the fourth. 
So very disappointing on that end. Tim Hardaway Jr. with a great night, putting up 27 points. Seth Curry with 22, and the fan favorite Boban Majanovic with 20 points and 9 rebounds, 25 minutes of play. Who doesn't love to see that from Boban? So uh, good news for the Mavs. That doesn't really affect their standings in any way. They remain in the 7 seed a whole two games back from the Jazz. Uh, so if the, the Jazz lose another two games and the Mavs win uh, their next two, I believe they still have two games left. Um, let's see here. Yep, they've got the game today, of course, and then they have a game on Thursday. So in theory, in theory, the Mavs actually could move up to the sixth spot. Right now, the Nuggets remain in three. The Clippers still in that two spot who are also uh, two and a half games up right now on the Nuggets. So I think that, you know, maybe the Mavs will move up to that, that six spot. That would be interesting and absolutely what they should be trying to do. Um, on the Jazz side of the ball, their remaining games are against the Spurs on Thursday. And then uh, that might be their only game remaining. Let me see here. Yes, it is. That is their only game remaining. So in theory... Uh, if they lose one, the Jazz would move to 43-29. and 29. If the Mavs move their next two, uh, if they win their next two, sorry, they would move up uh, as they would be 45-30. and 30. So definitely all to play for still for, for the Mavericks and, and the Jazz, depending on whether they want to see the Clippers in that first round or not. Either way, I think it would be a first-round exit for either of the two. Um, after that, we had Raptors Bucks. Uh, for the Bucks, Giannis didn't play uh, due to some oral surgery that he was having. As far as I'm aware, nothing too serious. Just had a bit of a toothache. Uh, ultimately, the story of this game: the Bucks weren't really able to get it going on offense without um, that presence from Giannis against such an elite defensive team in the Raptors. Raptors side of the ball, uh, interestingly enough, led by Chris Boucher. Uh, which continues the narrative we've seen uh, with the Raptors all season of that next man up mentality. He put up 25 points and 11 rebounds in 29 minutes. Matt Thomas had 22 points, Norman, Norman Powell 21, uh, with the majority of the Raptors um, starters playing less than 30 minutes apiece. Uh, Fred Van Fleet also didn't play. Serge Ibaka didn't play. So an impressive win for the Raptors, given the fact that they had a lot of players out too but ultimately not seeing either of those teams at full strength in that game, so you can't really judge too much on it. Pacers Heat, the game that everyone had been waiting for, TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler, and, well, I guess Jimmy Butler won. It was honestly not a fantastic offensive performance by either of the two, with Jimmy Butler putting up 19 points and TJ Warren putting up just 12 both of them played the same number of minutes, but here's the difference maker, really. Jimmy Butler also had five assists and 11 rebounds, and TJ Warren had five rebounds and zero assists. Ultimately, Jimmy Butler had a much bigger um, effect on the outcome of the game, delivered more for his team, not only in the scoring, but also in his rebounding and playmaking ability. Other than that, Duncan Robinson puts up 14 points, as does Jay Crowder. Tyler Harrow with 17, Derek Jones Jr. with 18. On the Pacers side of the ball, uh, TJ Warren with that 12, actually almost the top scorer of the night, uh, with Victor Oladipo putting up 14 and Malcolm Brogdon tying Warren with another 12. 
really showing off the defensive capabilities of the Heat last night, uh, able to lock up the Pacers, particularly in the first and fourth quarters, with the Pacers able to just score 19 in the first and 21 in the fourth. So a uh, great defense from the Heat when it really mattered. Unfortunate for TJ Warren not to have a lights-out performance against his great foe, Jimmy Butler. And finally, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, a game that I wanted to talk about uh, in a little bit more detail. So let's go into it. Lakers ending up walking away with the win, 124-121. to 121. Uh, LeBron puts up 29 points and 12 assists. Anthony Davis with 27.6 rebounds and 5 assists. Kyle Kuzma with a great game, 25 points. And as for the Nuggets, we saw... Um, an interesting performance. It was kind of an all-round uh, effort, I guess. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on the Nuggets who scored um, over 10 points out of the 10 players that they played, with the other two scoring six and eight. But here's the thing. The Lakers walk away with a win here, and that's great. You know, Nikola Jokic only puts up 12 points. Jamal Murray only puts up 14 for the Lakers, this was a very, very close win. They only just managed to win, and it really came down the stretch. Uh, they outscored the Nuggets by exactly three. They were tied going into the fourth. Anthony Davis played 38 minutes in this game. LeBron James played 38 minutes in this game. The Nuggets, Jokic played 26. Jamal Murray played 25. Michael Porter Jr. played 24. They still don't even have their full roster back in, in terms of guys who are actually going to be coming in and playing for them in the bubble who are still currently injured. I'm a little worried about the Lakers. People have talked about, you know, is LeBron even healthy? He doesn't quite look like the same LeBron that we saw in the beginning of the season. We saw an elite version of LeBron in that first bubble game against the Clippers momentarily in the fourth when he guarded Kawhi, switched on to Paul George. That looked like an elite-level player, LeBron. But it's interesting with what's going on with the Lakers. LeBron has talked about the fact that they're having issues off the court, and I don't really know what that means. I don't know if that's just an excuse. LeBron has talked about the fact that he's still getting used to playing in an empty gym. He hasn't done that in a long time. I mean, neither has anyone else in the NBA, LeBron. Giannis hasn't. He's doing fine. Luca hasn't. He's doing fine. James Harden hasn't. He's doing fine. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Devin Booker. They've all done it. They've been fine. Jason Tatum had a bad game to start. He's back. He's fine. So why is it only the arguably, to many people, the greatest player in the NBA in the world? Why is it that it isn't affecting anyone else and it's only affecting him to the point that he, he says that it's affecting his shooting in this way. It's affecting his productivity. And it wasn't a bad game for LeBron by any means, but it wasn't the dominant performance that you would expect from LeBron against a definitely like far, far worse Nuggets team. The Nuggets aren't a bad team by any means, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis should be able to dominate this Nuggets team. This shouldn't be an issue for them to put away. And to an extent, uh, you know, the Nuggets had a really great night from the three-point. They hit 13 out of 23 three-pointers. 
That's a factor, definitely. But the Lakers are just missing something. And they've been missing something all season. I think it's something that's finally actually going to catch up to them in the playoffs. This is a bold prediction from me right now, no doubt. But I think the Los Angeles Lakers are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. It's been floated around by a couple of people as potential. Like, this could happen. The Trailblazers could push them. They could go to six, could go to seven. I think the Lakers are going to lose. I think they're going to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. And we will come back to this if and when it happens. LeBron James will use the bubble as an excuse for why that happened. It's not what he's used to playing in during the playoffs. He's used to playing with crowds. And he will essentially, I think, in a way, make some kind of statement that will will put into question the like the authenticity of this bubble, of this championship. And LeBron will be the one to put the asterisk fully on this championship when he is bounced in the first round of the playoffs. That's my opinion. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that excuse is going to be made. Okay, games that are happening today. As we talked about with the injury report, Nets Magic, no one's watching that. Let's not talk about it. Rocket Spurs, likely James Harden doesn't play. Maybe Russell Westbrook gets out there, gets running, has a fun time against the Spurs. Either way, not all that important for either team. You could argue that the Rockets might want to walk away uh, with a win here. It's interesting because they are... Several games up on the Thunder in fifth, and there's several games behind the Nuggets in third. It's more than likely the Rockets are just going to stay in the four spot. As for the Spurs, they kind of were in contention for grabbing uh, that nine spot. They've kind of slipped out of that now, being a whole game back on the Suns. Uh, so not not the most important game in the world by any means. Suns Sixers, the fan favorite Suns. I am absolutely rooting for them. I feel so badly to essentially be rooting against the Grizzlies at this point because they had such a tremendous season. But I think that, honestly, even a Suns-Lakers matchup in the first round would be more entertaining than watching the Grizzlies because ultimately it's just going to be Ja Morant trying his best to desperately hold on without really having anyone else around him when... You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't there. It's not that they don't have a team. They just don't have a team that's capable of competing with the Lakers on that level. I think the Suns have a closer roster to be able to do that. The Trailblazers, obviously, would be the favorite. As I just said, I think they're going to bounce the Lakers from the first round. Sun Sixers should be a good time. Celtics-Grizzlies, I imagine, unfortunately, for the Grizz, will be a tough fight with the Celtics walking away with the victory. Trailblazers Mavericks, as I mentioned, important for both teams in the standings. In theory, the Mavericks could be looking to move up, take that sixth spot. That'd be great. I know they wouldn't mind not seeing the Clippers in the first round. I'm sure they'd love to see the Nuggets in the first round. That would be a far better alternative. Bucks Wizards, no. Let's not talk about it. It's the Wizards, no. And then Pelicans Kings, as we mentioned, no one's really playing in that game. So I'm just going to take this opportunity for just a couple minutes to speak about where I think the NBA is right now and where who I think is going to be the favorite going into the playoffs. I think right now I am locking in my opinion that the Raptors are going to win the NBA championship. It is bold. It's early to be saying this. But from everything that I have seen, that Raptors team are the best team 
in the NBA. Does that mean they're the most talented team? No. Does it mean they have the best player? No. Does it mean that I think that they have the absolute essential personnel that is needed to win a championship? Yeah, I actually do. I think that they're a, such a well-constructed team with championship DNA who can light it up on offense and can absolutely lock you down and mess you up on the defensive end to an extent that it completely throws you off your rhythm. Let's look at the other contenders, the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to run into the same problem that they had last year. I'm not certain yet that Giannis can deliver in the clutch. I think that teams are going to be too good at locking him down, particularly this Raptors team. They're so good at crowding the paint. I think that they will completely take away Giannis's offensive abilities if they're able to stay in close games with them. At the end of games, I think they can completely shut him down. Just don't let him get running. You know, that's the last thing you want to do. Celtics, great team, well-constructed. I worry about their defensive capabilities at time and what they're going to do in the paint. I don't think they have a good answer for a lot of teams in the East. That's where I think they struggle. The Heat, a good, gritty team with a lot of heart. Just not one that I think can win an NBA championship right now. And then I'm not I'm not going to talk about from the sixes on. Let's, you know, let's not waste our time. Western Conference, I voiced my concerns about the Lakers. The Clippers are the are the old. I think it's going to be a Clippers Raptors final. That's what I'm predicting. I like the Clippers a lot, but I just don't know if this team has the full experience. And obviously, you have Kawhi, but other than Kawhi, no one else on this team, and Doc Rivers is the coach, no one else on this team has really done anything yet. It hasn't gone really far to the point that they've won a championship. And neither had the Raptors last year, particularly. They hadn't had a group of winners, so maybe Kawhi is that difference maker. I just think the Raptors play so well as a team that I still favor them just slightly over the Clippers. The Nuggets, I don't think are going to get too far in the playoffs, despite the fact they have another a lot of talent. I think they're going to be great next year. The Rockets, I think they're going to get tired. I think that we're going to see what happened toward when the hiatus happened in the season. Russell Westbrook and James Harden are going to start running on fumes. And I think the small ball thing will break down. And then, you know, from that point on, there are teams that, you know, could be upsets, but I, I doubt anyone's going to go on and win the championship from anyone else in the Western Conference. So that's my opinion right now. I think Lakers fans, be worried a little bit. I think Raptors fans, be cautiously optimistic. That's going to do it for today's episode of Don't Burst My Bubble. I will be back tomorrow to break down the games from today, or at least the ones you care about. I'm going to be talking about tomorrow's games, of course. Uh, some of them pretty fun, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's games more so than I am today. So we'll break down the injury report, injury report as well as all the storylines that you need to know. Thank you so much for listening. I have a great time doing this. It's a great time just speaking my mind on basketball and what's happening in the NBA. Please tell your friends, anyone who you think would be interested in this podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will speak to you tomorrow.